Amen and amen. Well, good morning, Reach Church. Good morning to our friends online this morning. I hope that you are ready for the next part of the call of God. You know, when we started talking about sermons and putting things together, uh, you know, all you can see is sometimes the, my, my wife loves to do puzzles. I can't stand to do puzzles. But you take that one puzzle piece and you're like, well, how does this fit? I mean, it doesn't really look like the puzzle. Do you get where I'm coming from? It doesn't really look like it. It takes all those pieces of the puzzle to really like, hey, this kind of makes sense. It looks like the box now, right? When we were talking about purpose over preference, I'm like, okay, well, how does, how does this fit? Okay, then we're going to do call of God. How does this fit? And Pastor Derek was kind of walking us through the steps of, you know, here's, here's where I see us moving as we're moving into the new year. And let me just let me just say this most assuredly. If we do not pick purpose over preference, you will never, ever fulfill the call of God in your life. And the worst thing that you could ever do is come into his kingdom and not fulfill his call. He is gracious enough to call us into his kingdom, as ta Tom taught us last week, to call us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of of his dear son, and then have the grace to want to use us in his kingdom. I think that is amazing, that God would use broken pots like us to further his kingdom. I don't know where you've come in your walk. I don't know where you've, where you've been, where you're going. I'd love to hear your stories of, of how God has changed your life. Someday, if you watch the miniseries, you'll get to see my life, right? Right up on channel 13, the miniseries of Warren Beatty, how it all happened. You know, I grew up in church. I planned on going to a Christian college. I was going to play baseball there because I was really going there to play baseball, not to go to a Christian college. You get where I'm going, for, going to, right? And my senior year, and the, the college that I was going to go to, uh, they always sent out a van load of kids to try to get kids to come to that school. They went out on recruiting trips. And I was so excited. They came to our church, our little church, and I'm telling them, man, I can't wait to come. I've already, I've talked to my parents. They're, they're, they're behind it. I've talked to my grandmother. She's been praying about it. And I can't wait to come down there and play baseball. And they're like, oh, we canceled our baseball program. Say what? Who does that? And that set me on a bad course for three, four, five years. And then when I came back to, to what God desired me to be, Kelly and I gave our lives to the Lord together. Kelly didn't grow up in church. Uh, in fact, I got to lead her to the Lord. How amazing is that? And uh, we started going to church, and uh, I'm like, God wants to use this rocket scientist to further his kingdom? And I say that. <laughs> it's not funny, I mean, right? Uh, and you know where I'm talking about. But God wants to use you. He has a call for your life. Listen for it. And so as, we're as, as we go through and we talked about purpose over preference, and then we jump in the call of God, you have to, you must pick purpose over preference. 
if you're going to fulfill God's call in your life. God has a call in your life and a call for your life that no one else has. No one else can do what God has called you to do. No one else can reach the people in your sphere of influence. No one can reach the people in my sphere of influence like I can. Whether it's my buddies that I golf with or my buddies that I uh, ride motorcycles with or, or whatever it is. You have a call of God in your life. I want you to grab a hold of it and don't let go. No matter what the enemy is trying to do to you. No matter what your friend down the street says, oh, God doesn't do that stuff anymore. No matter what the person sitting next to you is telling you sometimes. Hold on with everything that you've got to fulfill God's call in your life. Remember what Paul says? I have run a good race. That's what I want to hear you say at the end of your race. I have run a good race. I've done what God called me to do. So this week, we're going to be looking at Abraham. Now, he started out as Abram, if you know the story. Do you know, there is 12 chapters in the Old Testament about Abram slash Abraham. He is the father of our faith. And yet, do you know when he got called out to leave his family, he could have said, eh, I'm pretty happy where I'm at. I'm in my father's house. He's taking care of a lot of stuff. It's pretty chill here. I like it. But he chose to go when he was called. Let me tell you something. You have to choose to go when you're called. You have to choose it. Now, when God calls, we're going to look at today, it's not all it's cracked up to be, my friends. And that's what makes the journey amazing. Had I known, man, I was just 18 when I made that decision, made some bad decisions. Anybody been 18 and made some bad decisions? Anybody been in their 20s and made bad decisions? 30s, 40s, 50s been bad decisions, right? Thank God that his call in our life does not change. Why? God says, I change not. The things that I've called you to do, are firm. Now we change, our preferences change, the things we like and don't like change. But when God puts a call on you, boom, it's cemented. It's done. Amen. So let's look at Abraham today. We're going to we're going to go to our main scripture. It says, "Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, everything that hinders. You got some stuff hindering you in fulfilling God's call? Throw it off. Get rid of it. Don't allow the enemy to hinder you from fulfilling God's call in your life. And it says, and the sin that so easily entangles. I remember when I first gave my life back to the Lord in 1991. And I won't go into the whole story. I, I, I was still drinking, you know. If you didn't know that, I was 
I was, uh, I was a drinker back in those days. And it was so easy to end up at places where those sins so easily befalled me. Where you just, you think you're walking your walk and you just trip. Oh man, I can't believe I did that. Oh man, I can't believe I did that. That sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let me just rephrase that. Marked out for you and me. Do you know, our call is individual. I have an individual call, and yet, and as you do as well. But do you know that you have a corporate call as well? Within the body of Christ. Reach church. I almost said the G word. I'm not paying that dollar. I'm not, right? You've got an individual call. That piece of the puzzle. You've got a corporate call within Reach Church. And then you've got a bigger call within the body of Christ. Don't, you ever put together, you know what I don't like about puzzles? There's always one piece missing, Lord Jesus. Do you know what I'm talking about? Kelly gets done with this puzzle, I'm like, oh, that's amazing. She goes, I'm missing one piece. Throw it away. Because it's no good anymore. Right? Don't be that one piece of the puzzle that's missing. Amen. Hold on to your calling. Here's what it says in Genesis concerning Abram at that time. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in, all, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And that's a big call. To find out that all the families in the earth will be blessed. And yet he could have said, eh, I'm busy this week. I got something going down. Something on TV. Friends, the reruns of Friends are on. I got to watch it, right? So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. That was his nephew. And Abram was 75 years old. Remember that. 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took his wife Sarai. And Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran. And they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abraham passed through the land to the place of Shlechem, as far as the uh, Terabith tree in Morah, and the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord, who, he had, who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the east to Bethel. And he pitched his tent uh, in Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going on still south. 
Now let me tell you something, a couple things here when I was studying this. He says get out of your country. Sometimes you've got to get out where you're, where you're from. You're being hindered by those around you. Maybe your best buddy, your prayer partner, maybe you've got to get away from them. I mean, he had it set up. He's living with his parents, right? His dad, he's, he's probably he's firstborn, so he, ha- he has the inheritance. It's coming his way. And God says, no, that's not how you're going to get blessed. I want you to get away from them. I'm going to bless you. Number two, to a land that I'll show you. He didn't even know where he was going. Now, we just came back from vacation, right? We went up to, uh, up to Glacier National Park. It's amazing there. And, you know, I, I mapped out like four different ways that we could go there. I had it down to the mile. Which, which way is faster? He didn't know. God just said, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you out of your country. Everything that you've known, everything that you've grown up with, everything that you think you know about me, I'm going to call you out, and I want you to go to a land. Oh, okay, God, where do you want me to go? I'll show you later. Sometimes he just needs you to go, and then he'll show you on the way. You get where I'm coming from here? I like steps. I like God to give me, I don't know, like the first hundred before I move. Anybody else like that? You're laughing because you know it's you too, right? God said, listen, I'll give you the first step. Go. Didn't Jesus do that? Therefore, go. Where do you want me to go, Jesus? Just go. The Holy Spirit will direct you. Just go. Sometimes we just have to go. And then he'll show you the next step. Amen. Let me tell you something else. He said he was going to bless him. Zach, great job a couple weeks ago. I'll tell you what, that last week of Purpose Over Preference hit me right here. When he said, are we going to build more barns? Is that what God has called us to do? Build bigger barns? No. And I'm thinking, where, where am I trying to build bigger barns in my own life? I mean, it hit me right here. He didn't bless him, so he's not going to bless Abram so he can build bigger barns. You know what he's going to do? He's going to bless him so he can be a blessing. See all those great things that God's blessed you with? He doesn't want you to build bigger barns. He wants you to be a blessing to other people. Here's the last thing in that verse. It says that they picked up more people on their trip. That tells me Abram was a leader. He was a leader. You know what happens if you're a leader and no one's following you? You're just out for a walk. He picked up people on the trip. He said, here's what God's doing in my life. Come with me. Something amazing is going to happen. You know, at times, things are not going to look like God says they are. They're just not. God, you said you were going to do X, Y, Z, and for some reason, I'm over an LMNOP. It's not working out the way you said it was going to be. Why, God? Why? Why? Even when it's not 
God is at work in our lives. You may not know it. You know why? Because you know one second behind you. You don't know one second in front of you. God is working out. Go to that next slide. At times when things don't look like God says they are to be, hit me with the next one. God is at work on his call in our lives. Have some patience. I've said this before. We live in a microwave society. Three minutes, 30 seconds. I've got microwave popcorn and I'm excited. That's not the way God's kingdom works sometimes. Amen? Here's what Genesis says. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid. Let me tell you something. When God gives you a call, hold on. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He's working it out. He says, Abram, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who, is, who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir? Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to them, so shall your offspring breed. Now, let's just say you get your call. And God says, your offspring is going to be like the stars in the sky. That's a lot. And you don't even have one kid yet. What are you thinking? I'm thinking, I heard something wrong. Either I heard something wrong or somebody said something wrong. How is that possible? Now, how, how old did we say that Abraham, Abram was when he left his parents? It's 75. Now, I know they lived a little longer in the Old Testament. He lived to be about 175 years old. But for those young ladies out there, think 75. Wow. Right? But he made a promise, and he was working it out. Let me tell you something. The enemy is always trying to thwart God's plan in your life. Don't allow it to happen. If God spoke something to you, hold on to it with everything that you've got. Do not allow the enemy to talk you out of God's best for your life. Amen? Do not allow the enemy to talk you out of the best that God has for you in your life. You can always trust what God says. You can always trust what he says. Now, I want to tell you in my short years on this planet, every once in a while I'm like, man, God, I know you said this. Did I, did I miss something? Did I take the wrong exit? Did, am I... What, what, what's going on? I just don't know. He 
is working it out. Let me run through this. Number one, you can always trust God even though it may not happen as soon as you'd like. I wish it happened overnight. Boom, it's happening. It doesn't always work that way. Sometimes there's that, before we can get crushed into new wine, you know what has to happen? We have to be grapes. And in order to get grapes, there has to be some growing first. I've got a good friend uh, where I used to work, and she was working on her, on her degree, and she just could never get that interview. Just never could. She couldn't get through the process because she didn't have her degree. She finally got her degree, and now she thought the next day what was going to happen. She was going to get that job that she always wanted. I said, no, 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 no. You understand. The degree just gets you an interview because there's people that are interviewing right now that have already had their degree. You get where I'm going with this? So the, your degree is just going to get you your interview. In the interview, that's when you start proving yourself. But you've got to work through this. I mean, just I, I had to tell you this, those of you that are in college, just because you get your degree on Monday, don't mean you're ready to go on Tuesday. Amen? Well, that's what happens in God's kingdom sometimes. God may give you the call today, but you may have to work through some things in your own life to get you to the spot to where you can fulfill that call that God has for you. Amen? It may not happen as fast as what you like. Here's what Genesis says. Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, Abram, excuse me, see now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. I'll tell you what, I've been married for a couple days. Just because your wife says it's okay, guys, doesn't mean it's always okay. Like and when you ask for something and she's like, Sure, go ahead. That's not a yes. That's like a challenge. Right? That's, the, that's a challenge. Yeah, let's see if you're stupid enough to try it. And guys, you're laughing because you know it's right. Right? And ladies, you know you're laughing because you know it's right too. Amen? Not a good decision. Not a good decision. In the old days, we used to call it making your Ishmael. You made an Ishmael. Now you got a problem. Right? You got a pro- he had a problem. God, God said, it's going to be, it's, it's not going to work that way. Sometimes we get, a ho- we get ahead of it. Hey, God's already told me the call, so I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to work it out in my own way. It'll be great. And then what happens? It ain't so great. Wait for his timing. When he says go, go. And when he says stop, you better stop. Amen. Here's what it says in Numbers. God is not human that he should lie. Not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Let me tell you something. If you heard God say this is what your call is, hold on. He's, he didn't lie about it. The only thing that changed in that equation 
is you. Because if he says this is what your call is, that is what it is. You just need to line up with, with what he's saying. Line up, not line up with what your friends are saying. Not line up with your favorite little preacher is saying. Not line up with your prayer partner saying. Lining up with what God is saying for your life. Amen? That's what Abraham had to do. You can't tell me that when he went to his friends and said, uh, yeah, the Lord said I'm supposed to leave. They didn't. So you lost. You're, where are you going? I don't know. Abraham, let's have a talk. Are you really supposed to leave? Because you don't even know where you're going. You can't tell me his friends didn't try to talk him out of it. Right? Be careful who you tell those things that God is speaking to. Be careful. You want that trusted group of people that you know have your back and are praying the God kind of prayers for you. Amen? Not their kind of prayers for you, but the God kind of prayers for you. Amen? Number two. Although it defies natural logic, 75, need I say more? Right? Now, if you don't know the whole story, which we're going to talk about here in a minute, he didn't get his son at 75. He didn't get his son at 76. Or 77, 78, 79, 80, 81, 82. It took years for that promise that God had given him to be fulfilled. Years. In fact, it took decades for it to happen. It's going to define some natural logic. Why? Because in our brilliance, we think we've got all figured out. I got to figure it out, God. Now that you told me, I'll make it happen. It doesn't work that way sometimes. Check this out. He, in Genesis 18, and he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, their names had been changed by now. Your wife shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my, uh, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abram, why did Sarah laugh? Man, if I was Abraham, I'd be like, honey, what are you doing? Right? Why did Sarah laugh saying, shall I bear a child once I am old? Here's what the Lord says. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Now, I just want to tell you, at that time that the Lord spoke to Abraham, he was 99. Sarah was either 90 or 91. Need I say more? Now, when I was a young minister... Now it's had, it had to be 25 or so years ago. Kelly and I would take our, our, our little girls, 
and we would go to a local nursing home. It was a great opportunity for me to preach, and we would love on those people. You know, some of them, their, their family never came to visit, so we would just talk to them. We'd try to get there early so we could eat lunch with them, and I, and I, would, I would preach a short message. We would take someone who could, who could play the piano because they had a, a piano there, and, they w- and we would sing a couple songs. So I'm preaching on this, and I'm talking about how old they are, 100, 99, 90 he left his family when he was 75. And this lady at the back, and there'd be 30 or 40 people there, because uh, you're in a nursing home, so there's nothing else to do. Uh, so they came out to, to listen. There, one lady in the way back, and she go, that's not possible. I'm like, well, well ma'am, I mean, I, I'm reading it right here. I mean, is anything too hard? I said it's not possible. 99, that's ridiculous. I'm like, well, yeah, but ma'am. Uh, man, I mean, I'm just reading it right here. I mean, I didn't write it. I'm just, I'm just reading what it says. That's impossible. That's ridiculous. That can't happen. Sweet little ladies. This one right in the front row. Always sat in the front row. Sang the loudest. She was amazing. She turns around. She goes, it's in the Bible. Why don't you shut up? <laughs> that was the end of that conversation for the day. And I said, why don't we pray? Listen, it doesn't make sense in the logical mind. Now, again, I know in the Old Testament they lived longer, but still, come on. Even Abraham and Sarah said, this ain't happening. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Only if we make it. Only if we say, listen, our, my faith's not there right now. We, no way. We can't do that. Notice I said we can't do that. God didn't say it was a we. God said it was a he. Amen? Here's what else. But Jesus looked at them and said, with men it is impossible. I mean, let's be honest. Fulfilling your call within yourself is impossible. It's impossible to fulfill your call within yourself. But but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Do you know he'll do exceedingly abundantly, the Bible says, above anything we could ask or think. What are you thinking? What are you believing for? What are you praying for? It's not big enough. You know I love to throw things out. took me all morning to figure this out. You know, we're living on peanuts, and God wants us to start living on the good stuff. We really live in the peanut realm. The peanut, we're like, no, God, that's impossible for you. I'll just live on the peanuts. It's okay. I'll live in the peanuts. And God's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I got the good stuff for you. No, 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 no. I'll just, I'll just live, here in the, I'll live here in the peanuts. The peanuts are good for me, God, because that's all I can believe for. And God's like, believe for more. Believe bigger, exceedingly, abundantly, above anything you could ask or think. Stop living with peanuts. Start living in God's best when it comes to your call for your life. Amen? All right, number three. 
although it challenges us. Listen, you're going to be challenged to always pick purpose over preference. I'll tell you what, I got some preferences. I like my preferences. And they're my preferences. And don't tell me they're wrong, because they're mine. You have some preferences that you like. Let me tell you something. Unless you pick purpose over preference, you'll never fulfill the call of God in your life. Oh, you'll have the peanuts. You'll have the peanuts. You ever heard the story about salesman comes into an older lady's house? She goes in the back to get him something to drink. He goes, ooh, she's got peanuts in the bowl. Reaches over, grabs a handful of peanuts and starts eating them. And she, he comes out and he goes, wow, these are really good peanuts. He, she goes, oh, those are the chocolate m and uh, the chocolate peanuts. I suck all the chocolate off and then put the peanuts in the bowl. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That ain't right. <laughs> but it's a funny story and you'll tell it today at lunch. Let me tell you something. Stop living off the peanuts. Amen. Start living in the good stuff of God's calling in your life. Here's what it says in Genesis 18. Then Abraham approached him and said, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? And then right after that, will you not judge of all, uh, will not the judge of all the earth do right? Let me tell you something. He is going to do right. It may not work out in the time frame that you want it to work out right in. If you do the math on that, Abraham was called out at age 75. He got the promise when he was 100. Now, I don't know how many of you have been believing God for your call for 25 years. That's a long time, my friend. A long time to hold on to the promise of God. But God will fulfill. Why? Because he is a righteous judge. Luke says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Let me tell you something. That's not saying go and be mean to your parents or your spouse, it means preferring Christ and his call over maybe what your parents may say, maybe over what your friends may say, brothers and sisters, even your wife. It says even your own life. He says pick up your cross and follow me. But Jesus, you don't understand. I've got preferences. This purpose thing is cute. I like the t-shirts, but I got preferences. Listen, it's going to challenge you. It's going to push you in a place you may not be ready to go. Welcome to that growing stage of understanding what does God, what does it really mean? What does that call really look like for my life? And growing into it a little bit at a time. You've got to 
You've just got to take those preferences and say, I want my purpose more than I want my preferences. I'm going to pick up that cross. I'm going to follow him. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. You can do it. Amen. You can do it. Put your faith out there and do it. Number four, although it may not be easy. I wish it was easy. I wish it was easy. But because the enemy is out there to do what? John 10.10, kill, steal, and destroy. God makes a promise to you. He's going to fulfill it. But you've got an enemy that's trying to mess you up derail you, get you to go left when God's like, I keep saying to go right, but you keep going left. Will you go right one time? Now, and I know NASCAR's left-hand turns. I wish they'd go right one time. Right? Oh, they do road courses. Let me tell you something. It's not easy. Here's what Max Licato wrote. God never said that the journey would be easy. But he did say that the arrival would be worthwhile. It's not going to be easy, my friends. But the arrival is worthwhile. When I look at the last 30-some years of being in, back in the church, and I grew up in the church, as I said, being back in for, all, for 30 years now, it hasn't been easy. But man, that arrival... Every step is sweeter than the step before. Amen. It is not going to be easy. Here's what Hebrews says. Tom touched on this last week. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 39. All these, having obtained a good report through faith, all of our, all of those great Saints of the Old Testament, they obtained a good testimony through faith, but they did not receive the promise. Let me tell you something. We have received the promise. How much more, how much more should we hold on to the promises and the call of God? Here's what Hebrews says. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. I, you only gave me one. I don't even know if I'm going to get another one. I mean, that, that takes some faith. It says, of whom it is said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. So it wasn't going to be another child. It was going to be in Isaac that his seed would be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. He's like, God, if you say do it, I'll just do it. Because in myself, I can't do anything. In myself, I'm nothing. But if you've fulfilled the promise this way, I know in the long run, you'll work it out if you have to. Even if you've got to raise him up from the dead. I'm going to offer up my promise. 
I wrote this down this morning when I was studying. I think it's pretty good. God doesn't call us to leisure, but to obedience and action. God doesn't call us to, to leisure, to our preferences. He calls us to obedience to his word and action when he calls you. Here's what Malachi says. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Oh, you're going to start talking about finances. No, we're going to start talking about your heart. That there may be food in my house. And try me now in this. It's the only place where God says to try him. Says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Let me tell you something. Being faithful in your prayer life, being faithful in your reading, being faithful in your church attendance, being faithful in your life group and your friends, being faithful in your giving, it's not easy. I, I'll tell you right now, it's not easy. But that's really how God measures where we're at in the call for our life is where are we at? How faithful are we with this little? And when Kelly and I started tithing, I got paid every Friday. It was, my, that check was $36, and it was every penny I had. So you, if you do the math, you know how much I used to make per hour. Nine bucks an hour. I was living large, baby. But if you're faithful with that, you know what? When you get when he blesses you with more, you know what? You're going to be faithful in that. When he blesses you with more, you're going to be faithful in that. When he blesses you with more, you're going to be faithful in that. Because if you can't be faithful over here, how are you going to be faithful over here to your call? You get where I'm going with this? Be faithful to your call where you're at right now. I know you want to be way down there. You, you want your call to be 100 steps down the road. Be faithful in your call where you're at right now. Amen. You see, God has called us out of darkness into his glorious light. We are to walk worthy of that calling that he's called us with. So I want to talk a little bit about next steps. I don't know what your next step is, but everyone has a next step. Pastor Tom said, hey, maybe your next step is you've got to get out of that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Maybe that next step is, man, I need to, I need to find some friends and join a life group and start doing life together. Maybe that's your next step. I don't know. Maybe your next step is, man, it's time for me to throw those preferences out the window. Start serving here. Start serving out there. Because when someone says the church needs to, I think that's really God saying, it's time for you to do it. Amen. Maybe your next step is, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become more faithful with what God has blessed me with whether it's this much 
or this much or that much. Maybe it's time to be faithful in your in your giving. And, and I'm not just talking about finances, but I am because I'm talking about your time and your talents and your treasures. Amen. God wants you to be faithful in everything that he's laid out for you. Because again, you can't be faithful in this. You're never going to be blessed enough to be faithful over there. Be like Abraham. Follow his call for your life. Amen? Why don't we stand? Heavenly Father, this morning, Thank you for our father Abraham who did end up with many sons. And as the song says, and many sons has father Abraham. You're one of them and so am I. Thank you that he followed your call. So that he has children and sons and daughters that are like the stars sky, innumerable, uncountable, those that are following your will and your ways. Father God, help us to pick purpose over our preferences so that we can fulfill the call of God in our lives. And when you may not show us exactly what direction to go, but give us the faith to just step out and to go. Thank you for sending your son, for calling us out of darkness and into your glorious, beautiful, amazing light. Father God, will you watch over us, protect us, Continue to show us your will and your ways for our life. Never allow us to be that one piece of the puzzle that's missing that keeps the puzzle from being complete. Give us the words to say, to speak truth.